So look, there are a lot of people who don't believe this pump. That we know this because we we're all on Twitter and we know that a lot of people don't believe this pump. But if you take a look at this pump, you can see that Bitcoin has broken through critical, critical, critical levels. I'll show you. It's broken through the pre-FTX level. That was smashed. It broke through the 200-day moving average. That was also smashed. It also broke through on the daily. If you look at the daily, it's broken through a trend that has been going on for about a year and a bit, just over a year. It smashed through that trend over there. That's just if you look at it on the daily. If you look at it on the weekly, you can see that even on the weekly, Bitcoin has broken through really, really, really key levels. And this may be just the beginning, because if we are right, we may have caught the break of trend pretty early. And if it is, then what I recommend is that you get your portfolios in order, because if you don't have, if you're not in the market and you don't have the right portfolios, you could be missing out on the opportunity of a lifetime. If you've survived the bear market and you've been waiting for the market to turn, this may be your sign. And if it is, well, is your portfolio actually ready? That's what today is about. Today, we're going to build a 2023 crypto portfolio. We've been burnt before, we know what works, we know what doesn't, and we know we need to be in the market. So we're gonna build a portfolio tape. All right, so let's go, 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 go. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Yes, 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 bro. I know I look like I've been up all night. I'll tell you what happened. I went to jujitsu this weekend, landed on my head, put my neck out. So now it's basically me moving my whole body when I have to move things, taking a whole lot of painkillers. But you know what? Here I am bringing you crypto love and bringing you crypto wisdom. Because when the markets are running, there's no time for a day off. Even if you have to drag yourself and, and, and do what I've done today to get this pain away from my neck. So hopefully I'll be back. Uh, um, with full movement in the next couple of days. But until then, I'm here and I'm bringing you crypto love and I'm bringing you crypto wisdom. And I might actually even bring you a Rolex today because the good news is that there may be a third Rolex, which, which we're just going to give out ad hoc. So how does it work? If we get over, let's say if we get over 2,000 likes today, if we get over 2,000 likes while we're live, then I'm going to draw a winner for the Rolex promotion today live on the show. Um, and, and, and let's take it from there. Alrighty, so listen, you know what you need to do? You need to smash the like button, subscribe to the channel if you're not already a subscriber. As I said to you guys before, we are one of the only channels that is growing in the bear market. And probably what you also need to do is start believing the pump because there are a lot of people who don't believe this pump. And the truth is that, well, like it or not, this pump seems to be proving all the naysayers wrong. And you know what the problem is? The problem is that People have got such post-traumatic stress disorder that they kind of like, they've got such PTSD that they're scared to believe the pump. And the problem is that if you're scared to believe the pump, you may not change your narrative in time, or you may not believe the pump in time, and you may miss out on, on, on the biggest part of the gains. Now, there is a chance that those people are right. There is a chance those people are right. But if you're holding quality, what you know is that you're nearer to the bottom than you are to the top. And if you have to hold it for an extra three months, well, that, that doesn't really matter. So... We need to position our portfolios. We need to make sure that our portfolios are super strong. And that's what we want to do today. We want to make sure that we look at all the, the, the variables, all the fundamentals, all the technicals, and see where we are in the pump. And then also make sure that we have the right portfolio. So we're going to be building a portfolio today. And let me tell you that this portfolio is very different from the portfolios that we had last year. You'll see today when we start looking at it, it'll be a very, very, very different portfolio from the ones that we've had before. So let's do this. We don't have much time. As I said, let's go, 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 go. So let's look at where we are with Bitcoin. As I said to you when we started the show, I'm looking at a few levels here and a few indicators here. As I said to you, the 200-day moving average was our first sign that we had some momentum in this pump. We then had Bitcoin break through the FTX levels, the pre-FTX levels, through, through those pre-FTX levels like butter. 
Now we're at this resistance over here, um, which is around 22,700. We need to close above that to break that resistance. And then we could be going up to 25,275. That would be the next stop. But much more importantly, it looks like we've broken a whole lot of trends. So the 200-day moving average was the first sign that we broke through a trend. The next thing is you can see on the daily, we've now broken this trend that has been around since November 2021, since Bitcoin hit the, the all-time high and started to go down. You can see that we've hit that we've broken that trend. Now that's super, that's, that's amazing on the daily. But the thing is, when you extrapolate that and you look at it on a weekly, on a higher time frame, so you know, on, sometimes what's, what's, what works on a lower time frame takes a, a long time on a, on a higher time frame. And if you look at it on a higher time frame, you can kind of see that Bitcoin's broken out of that same wedge on the weekly. So that's super positive. The, the, the more positive thing for us is, I mean, we're excited about Bitcoin, but I think suffice that we're not here just because of Bitcoin. You guys are a bunch of DGENs. I know you. There's no way that you came here uh, to talk about Bitcoin. You want to talk about the altcoins. And as Paul says, if the trend is actually your friend and Bitcoin has started a trend, which is kind of what you can see, because what you can see as the Bitcoin price went up, you can see that what moved up was actually the dominance. And that shows that right now, as this is happening, it's a Bitcoin pump. It, there is an altcoin pump, but the altcoins haven't started pumping as strong as Bitcoin has started pumping. You can see that just from the dominance. And this is a normal move. Usually what happens is people invest in Bitcoin first, then Bitcoin pumps, then the pump moves into Ethereum, and then it moves into all, all the altcoins. And what you can see is if you look at the altcoins, if you look at the total three, the total three is also just broken through a critical resistance. And you can see that it's also starting to go up. So this could be, this could be the beginning of, 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 I don't know, a huge pump, the beginning of the next bull market, dare I say it. I mean, a lot of people are saying, don't use the word bull market, but this could be the beginning. And you need to put yourself into a position where you're comfortable given all the data points that you believe that this is a turn. And when you do, then you got to make sure that your portfolio is deployed. Because the problem is, that if you're not deployed, if, you're, if your portfolio, if your money's not deployed, if you're sitting here in cash and you were out of the altcoin market, let's, I mean, let's say if you were out of the Bitcoin market since the beginning of the year, and we're only a couple of days into the year, we're 20, what are we in today? 23 days into the year. You would have missed on Bitcoin, you would have missed gains of, yeah, I mean, you can see, there we go, that, that, that's over there. You would have missed on Bitcoin 40%. That is just, I mean, let's look at what you would have missed on Solana. I'm just giving you random, random tokens. I'm not saying that these are, are the best performing tokens, but let's look at Solana and let's just look at what you would have missed if you were out of the market uh, just for the first three weeks of this year. So you can take that as the starting point and you can go all the way up here and you can say, you know, you've missed 205% return on Solana. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So I think the idea is to say, look, if you believe that we're closer to the bottom than we are to the top, make sure you're in the market. And if you are in the market, well, then make sure you're in the right tokens. And I'll show you today uh, a way of making sure that you are in the right tokens and building what I think is going to be a killer portfolio in 2023. I think it's one of the best portfolios that we've had ever had. So yeah, I think that that's going to be super exciting. Look, in the meantime, dare I say it, there are a lot of people that don't believe this pump. And they may be right. Like a guy like Capo, who's got a huge following, he may be right. He said, look, he's, he's still defending his position. He's saying this is the biggest bull trap ever. Um, he says, I've been checking all the charts, avoiding the noise from Twitter. He says the way the upward movement is happening, the way HTF resistances are being tested, it clearly looks manipulated, no real demand. Once again, the biggest bull trap I've ever seen, but they won't trap me. He may be right. Problem is that if he's wrong, He's missed huge, huge, huge pumps. He's missed, let's just look at the last month on the bubbles and just look at, at where we're at. So a month ago, in the last month, you could have made 245% on Aptos. You could have made 100% on Solana. You could have made 158 on Lido. You could have made 130% on Optimism. And these are top 100 coins. These are not um, uh, uh, top 1,000 coins, highly risky coins. These are the coins, the tokens in the top 100. And you can see that the movements, I mean, F, uh, Phantom up 86.4%, FTT, we know what the story is there with the restarting of the exchange, up 118%. So yes, he may be right. Fred caught some of the pump. Fred caught Connick very, very well last week. 
Um, he did ask permission to sell it because, you know, as we have, we have a rule at Banter that after we've spoken about a token, we're not allowed to sell it. So he did ask permission. And uh, on Saturday, I gave him permission to actually sell the token because I felt that it was long enough after Thursday's show for Fred to sell. So it feels like when I look at the market, it feels like um, the sentiment is turning. And if you look at the fear and greed, fear and greed now at 50. Now, to, to give you perspective, there's two things that you need to notice about this 50. The first thing you need to notice is that we haven't been around 50 since April last year, since before the lunar collapse. So even though we are neutral, we haven't yet got to, to excited, overexcited, uh, uh, greedy. We are still in, in neutral territory. And the last time that we were in neutral territory was actually on the way down. And that was in April last year. And the time before that, that we were around 50 on the way up was in February last year, where we were in peak bull market. So that's what you need to be looking at and say, look, the sentiment is turning. When you look at this market, the sentiment is starting to turn. And you know what the good thing is about when the sentiment turns? When the sentiment turns, people start to be more, more positive. They start to be more optimistic. And when they are more optimistic, they take more risks. And taking more risks means they put more money into altcoins. And that starts to pump altcoins and, and stuff like that. You also have um, a lot of shorts being squeezed. I was watching the short squeezes over the weekend. We saw, I think on Saturday morning, our time, we saw 330 million of open interest on Binance was completely wiped out. So you're getting good sentiment, you're getting shorts, which are being destroyed. You're seeing stable coins coming back into the market. There was, in the, as Ted Talks Macro says, um, in the last 24 hours, there's approximately a 320 million increase in, in stable coin supply, which means that new money is coming into the market, right? Um, which we didn't see. We saw, we saw the market cap of USDT and USDC. In fact, let's actually go there and we can look at it. So if you look at USDT, uh, here, and you look at the market cap of USDT. So let's just quickly go to market cap over here, and let's look at it in the last 180 days, maybe even more. Let's look, let's let's look at it in the last year. I think that'll be the best. Um, what you'll see is that there was an increase in the market cap of USDT, and then there was a decrease in the market cap. So you see, we went up, 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 increase, 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 and then when the market collapsed, Luna, there was a collapse in the stable coins in the market. People were taking their money out of crypto. And the same thing happened here with FTX. You saw that, for example, the USDT stablecoin went from 69 billion to 65 billion. But now you can see that there's an uptick. See, it's a very small uptick, but it's starting. It's an uptick in stablecoins. It means people are bringing fresh money into the market and um, they're bringing fresh money into the market. And that money, of course, will be used uh, eventually to, 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 to drive the market up. Um, we are also seeing a whole lot of other things. Let me show you some more things. So, I saw this tweet from Andrew Kang. Um, for those of you who don't know who Andrew Kang is, he's a master trader. And right now, he is the majority of the open interest on GMX. So, you know, we keep looking at this GMX indicator. And we keep saying, when the longs and the shorts are, are misaligned, then you want to be going against the market. But it doesn't hold true anymore. And the reason why it doesn't hold true is because one trader is the majority of the long positions. And what I mean, he's up, he's making a lot of money. Um, and he said, he, I mean, people are, are, are noticing this saying, he, um, uh, his address has muddied the GMX long short skew, not the counter signal it once was, because it's one person. And they've actually created this operation liquidate Andrew Kang because he's making too much money and he's taking, he, he's, he's killing the, the, uh, the GMX holders basically, the GLP, the GLP holders. So, that's where we're at. Um, as I said to you before, one of the main reasons, one of the main reasons why this is so important is because if you look at at the why this is happening, is because we are above the realized price on Bitcoin. So this the, the orange line is the average price that people pay, paid for their Bitcoin. It's called the realized price. And we are now above the realized price of Bitcoin, which means that the total Bitcoin holders as a whole are in profit. And when they are all in profit, then they feel that they are more, they're more amenable to taking risks and investing in altcoins. So it's like, it's like when your portfolio is down. If you put money into the market and your portfolio is up, all of a sudden you get a risk appetite. If your portfolio goes down, then you go into like capital protection mode, right? And that's exactly what's happening here. As we broke this realized price of Bitcoin, people start to get 
I mean, what's the right word? They start to get more, they want more risk. They start to get more horny for altcoins, you know? So I don't, I mean, I don't know if you're allowed to use those kind of words on YouTube, but th that's what's happening. Also, what we can see is that the whales, big people, did a lot of buying at levels of 16,500. And you can see that through two indicators. The first indicator is that 9% of Bitcoin supply moved at 16,500. That's probably the level of capitulation where all the big guys... Um, capitulated all the small guys capitulated and all the big guys started buying and you can see what happened there was that the mega wells the guys that um that have between 1000 and 10000 bitcoin bought 70000 bitcoin at around that level so in the last 2 weeks they've bought 1.4 billion dollars worth of bitcoin now those guys aren't um these guys I can tell you for sure they're not here to sell their tokens at 23 and 24000 not at all these are these are uh, these are people that are buying for the long term all right, let's look at the pump. Um, as I said to you, there's a lot of people resisting the pump. And you know what? Good for them. Good for them. Um, they've missed huge pumps, as I showed you. Uh, I mean, let's quickly look at the bubbles again. Let's quickly find some. Let's just quickly find the bubbles again. So we had Aptos, which is up 246%. I think this Aptos thing is a trap. And the reason why I say I think this Aptos thing is a trap, right now, Aptos is the most valuable layer one blockchain after Ethereum. So believe it or not, right now, Aptos is the most, on a fully diluted valuation, Aptos has a fully diluted market cap of about $14 billion. So why is Aptos going up, believe it or not? Because there is a hackathon, the first Aptos hackathon. So to me, not buying this pump, I mean, I didn't get into the pump. We'll talk about Aptos in a sec when we, when we talk about our, our design of the portfolios. Um, but... I think it's a little bit crazy. The other one that went up a lot was optimism. So optimism up 129%. Again, I mean, I like optimism. I like the technology. But why this went up is because there was a Quest NFT mint. And to be part of it, you had to, you, you had to um, be on optimism. Now, look what happened after the NFT mint. That's the transactions after the NFT mint. So you've got to be careful. You've got to be reading these signs and not just buying any, any pump in the world. You want to make sure that, that you... You want to, I think what you want to make sure is you want to make sure you're plugged into the big narratives. And that's what we're going to talk. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about today. Before we do, though, before we do, though, I do want to spend two seconds just talking about this week's test that Bitcoin has to have. Because Bitcoin's got like one more or let's not say one more, but Bitcoin has another test this week. And the test is macro, right? So this is a big week for macro. Why is it a big week for macro? Well, we've got a few things happening. So the first thing is we've got um, big earnings from Tesla, Microsoft, AT&T, and that should affect the, the traditional markets. Then you've got inflation. You've got the PCE inflation data. We know that up until now, PCE, which is what Powell actually looks at, which removes food and energy, personal, personal consumption expenditure. You can see that, that that inflation trend has also been reduced quite a bit. In fact, it went down from 6.1 to 5.5. We just want confirmation that this is going to continue going down. And if this continues going down, then what you'll see is that we will get, as we see now, we've got a 0.2% chance of no interest rate hike and 99.8% chance of a 25 basis point rate hike from the Fed. Next meeting, which is in March, end of March, 81.5% for another 0.25. And then look, it just stays on at the same level for the rest of the year. So people are seeing the end of interest rates. We just need to get through this week. The other thing we got this week is what the GDP numbers and the GDP numbers are going to come out. And I remember we've already had, we had two quarters of declining GDP or negative GDP. And that technically said we were in a, in a recession. And the Biden administration said that we actually weren't in, in a recession. And now the GDP numbers are forecast to actually be positive, right? So they're talking about a 3.5% latest estimate for the GDP numbers. Now, I suspect what's going to happen is we're going to get this 3.5%. And then later on this year, we're going to start feeling the, the, the pinch of all these, um, of all the, uh, um, the interest rate hikes. And we're going to go back into a recession. And that's not a bad thing. In fact, I tweeted something and very few people actually understand this, but Hopefully you guys understand it. But what I tweeted was, I said, look, we want a recession. 
So Alex Becker was saying, look, people don't seem to realize that we can we can fix inflation and still have a recession. Inflation going up doesn't mean we are economically healthy or that the number will go up. To me, I said, look, we actually want a recession as soon as possible because the sooner we get a recession, the sooner the Fed has to stimulate the economy again, the sooner they start putting money into the economy again. How do they put money into the economy again? Well, they um, they uh, uh, start printing, they lower interest rates, et cetera, et cetera. All righty, so that's that. And I think if we're going to be... If we're going to pass that test, you need to decide what your narratives are. You need to decide what your um, criteria are. And when you're comfortable that there's more upside than downside, then my my advice to you, and this is not financial advice, it's just life advice, because I'm not allowed to say financial advice, you know that, um, is that you prepare your portfolios. And by preparing your portfolios, I mean you may not have many more opportunities like this to catch tokens at the bottom of a bear market. And I think you've already missed the bottom, to be honest. You can see, as I showed you, if you had just caught some of these a month ago, these are the type of returns that you can make. But on the other hand, if you look at this and you look at this in context, like we are here. We just, 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 just broke the trend and just turned the corner. So there could be a lot of upside. There could, 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 could be a lot of upside. And if there is a lot of upside, then best you get your portfolios ready for a lot of upside. Make sure that you're holding the right tokens. And that's what I want to spend time on today. I want to actually show you guys how we built our portfolio here at Banter, at Banter Capital. I want to show you how what the thinking was behind how we build portfolios and stuff like that. And hopefully what you can do is you can take the thinking behind building a portfolio, the thinking, and apply it, do the same thing around your portfolio and make sure you're right. And again, just to say, we are of the opinion that Bitcoin has broken and showed us enough signs of a market turn that we want to be deploying aggressively. Up until now, we've been deploying, but we haven't been deploying aggressively. Now we want to start deploying aggressively because we've seen the signs and we're pretty convinced. Okay, now We may be wrong. And that's why right now, we're only going into quality. We're not going into, into the crazy speculative shit that you do in the peak of a bull market. Right now, we're saying, look, we're relatively comfortable. Therefore, we're only going into quality. And we keep our investment thesis the same. So for one, we're keeping our portfolio to say the HODL portfolio should be around 50% of your portfolio. But because we're going more aggressive now, we're going to reduce that. So this is probably going to become 35 because we're going to go more aggressive. We're going to go more into 10x gems and we're going to leave 15% of, of a high risk. And then the other thing is, which is super important, and we all agree on this, even Sheldon, is that 80% of the money that we have is going into long-term proper investments. 20% of the money that we have is going into trading, having fun, high-risk uh, high risk speculative stuff, et cetera. So all the fun that we have is on around 15 or 20%. And the investments for me makes up 85% of my portfolio because I don't have time to trade. But for the rest of the team, this is the, the split. When I asked everybody what the consensus split was, this was the consensus split. So with that said, that's how we structure our portfolios. If you want to see the portfolio, what I need you guys to do, I need you guys to smash some likes. We put in a lot of work to get you guys' portfolio. Josh, how many likes are there in the, in the thing? Here I am bringing you crypto love. I can't even move my neck. I have to move my whole chair. I can't because I can't turn my head. So it's like 900 likes. That's crazy. If there's 2,000 likes, I'm going to give away a Rolex on the show today um, from Bybit. So if there's 2,000 likes, we're going to do a giveaway today. If not, we'll leave it for another day. Um, Remember, if you are called, you're going to have five hours to let us know that you're the winner and to prove your identity. And if you don't, well, then the draw resets for another day when we do it. So smash the likes and let's go. All right. So the main thing around building a portfolio or specifically around building this portfolio is you need to be in the right narratives. Like we know that there's been certain narratives that have been running since the beginning of the year. What are the narratives? Well, we know that things like Lido and FXS or Frax has run. Why? Because there was a liquid staking narrative. We know that Gala ran and a few other gaming tokens ran. Why? Because there is a gaming token narrative that is going to run. We know that the AI token ran, right? So the AI tokens ran. So that's another one which we've got to, we've got to start positioning ourselves. Uh, you know, do you have it? And so what I think the best, how I think the best way to look at, um, the best way to look at this is like this. You want to break your portfolio up into narratives. So let me show you. Here we go. So these are the narratives that we're looking at. So I've broken the narratives that I'm excited about 
for 2023 into a whole lot of narratives. Let me show you. I'll show you the narratives that I'm excited about in 2023. Now, you may have different narratives. These are my narratives. So the narratives that I'm looking for in 2023, one is the store of value. Two is ETH layer one, or sorry, layer ones, including Ethereum. The next big narrative that I think we're going to see a lot of this year is layer twos. So I think this net, what we're seeing with Ethereum is we th we're seeing that Ethereum has become a base layer and that the majority of the transactions are happening on layer twos, on things like, like um, uh, Polygon, Matic, on Optimism, on Arbitrum. We've seen the transaction numbers. So for me, a big narrative and somewhere that I really, really, really want to be is ETH layer twos. Then the cross-chain, multi-chain narrative is a big one. And I've broken those up into two. I didn't say, you know, one. And the reason is, I think it's really two narratives. One narrative is around cross-chain. So how do you move money from one chain to another chain? And that's things like Stargate and Rune and stuff like that. But then there's this whole multi-chain world. And then, you know, like what, who are the players in multi-chain? Well, people like Cosmos, where they connect multiple chains and Polkadot, where they connect multiple chains. So I think those two narratives are going to be super, super big. And then for me specifically, it's no longer enough to say DeFi, because I think DeFi is too broad. And that's like saying banking, which is garbage. You can't say banking. You got to say, well, specifically, what in DeFi do I think is going to work? And that's why I've separated trading, because I think the big narrative is around trading. And then I've left the rest of DeFi. Then gaming, metaverse, and NFTs. AI, if you believe in AI, I do believe in AI, but we'll see in a second how much I believe in crypto AI. And then the last narrative is payments. That's the first thing. The first thing is decide which narratives you believe are going to be the best narratives in 2022 in 2023. Then once you've done that, you've got to allocate a percentage across these narratives. And I want to show you what I've done. So specifically, what I've done is I've said I want 15% of my portfolio in Bitcoin, because that's the only store of value that I trust. Then I'm putting 30% of my portfolio into ETH and other layer ones. Then I'm adding 10% of my portfolio into ETH layer twos. 7.5% of my portfolio is going into the cross-chain, multi-chain world. 15% of it is going into trading exchanges, stuff like that. 7.5% is going into DeFi. 10% is going into gaming, metaverse, and NFTs. A very small part of my portfolio is going into AI, and specifically AI infrastructure, because I don't know if I trust uh, AI in crypto, but I do trust the infrastructure because I know that one day it will come. And 2% of my portfolio is going into payments. And the reason is because I don't think that 2023 is going to be the year of payments, but I do want to have some exposure to payments, right? So that's the first, the first thing that I do. The first thing that I do is I decide which narratives I think are going to be the, the biggest narratives in 2023. I put them down in a spreadsheet and I start making a plan because if you don't have a plan, you're going to, your portfolio is going to veer. And on that note, I, I met someone on Saturday, someone who I see regularly. And I said to him, I said to him, you know, he, he was talking about Corona. And I said to him, you know, how, how are you feeling about your portfolio? He says, yeah, I, I'm happy with all my tokens, but I'm not happy with my Corona. He said this, not me. So I said to him, look, if you're not happy about your Corona, why don't you sell your Corona and buy something else? And he said, well, I'm waiting for Corona to go up to where I bought it. And then I'll sell it and then I'll switch it. And I was like, but why? If all the tokens have moved down, you always want to be in a position where your portfolio resembles your ideal crypto portfolio. So this whole thing around waiting for tokens to go up so you can sell them at the same price that you bought them is absolute garbage, specifically when the whole market's gone down. So like, you know, if you want to switch from say Cardano to Phantom and both of them have gone down 50%, switch. Don't wait for the tokens to recover because that's, they may never recover. They may never recover. We may never get a raging bull again. I'm not specifically talking about that. I'm talking about any token. So the way I say it, the way I see it is that you've got to be in a position every morning when you wake up where your portfolio resembles your optimal portfolio were you to start today. So if you look at tokens in your, in your portfolio and you say, these are not the tokens that I would have in my portfolio today, on that day, you must sell them and switch them into the optimal and the ideal portfolio. Don't hold on to tokens. If you hold on to tokens, it just shows that you're emotionally attached, right? Cool. 
So these are the narratives that I think are, are going to be the biggest narratives. Let me zoom in for you guys so you can see it because I know some of you are on your mobile phones. Those are the narratives that I'm looking at. The bigger allocations are to the narratives that I believe in more firmly and the smaller allocations are to the narratives that I, that I believe in slightly less or I believe are too early. I do believe in AI, but I think it's too early. I do believe in payments, but I think it's too early. The reason why I've gone so big into trading is because what we've seen is that what people do with trading with crypto is they trade it. The reason why I've gone so heavy into layer ones is because what we've seen is that there's an insatiable demand for layer ones that currently can't be fulfilled. All right, so now let's go into the individual tabs and look at the individual tabs and decide what to buy. And the way we did this is, well, Bitcoin's pretty simple, right? Like the only store of value that you can put your money into is Bitcoin. Suppose you could put your money into Litecoin if you want to lose it then you could just put your money into Litecoin as a store of value. Otherwise, for me, Bitcoin's the only store of value. As I said, 15% of my, my portfolio is going into a store of value. Why so little? And why have I toned this down so much? And I'll tell you why. Because I don't think that we're going into a high inflation environment anymore. I think we're going to a, low in, a lower inflation environment. And in a lower inflation environment, in a lower inflation environment, people are going to go out of Bitcoin because they don't need the protection against inflation and they're going to go into things like ETH. Now, I saw this tweet, which just showed, just gives you an idea of, of how bad it is if you miss a, um, uh, if you miss something. So if MicroStrategy had bought Ethereum instead of buying Bitcoin, instead of being down $1 billion today, they would be up $1.8 billion. That's a $3 billion swing, right? So this is the importance of calling the narratives correctly at the right time. And for me now, I don't think it's the right time for the Bitcoin trade. I think we must hold Bitcoin in your portfolio. But for me, ETH is the better trade. So let's go into layer ones. Now, what we did here is we asked the whole banter team, what, where, what layer ones would you guys be investing in? We wrote them all down on, onto a summary sheet. And then we allocated money to these things. And what I said is here, I said, 15% of my portfolio is going to be in Ethereum. I removed BNB from my, um, my portfolio. And it may be a mistake, but I'm going to tell you why I removed BNB from my portfolio. Because after the FTX collapse, I made a decision that I'm breaking away from anything that is centralized. I don't want to be invested in centralized entities. And half of the BNB token is in centralized entities. Now, I have got some BNB and I'm going to hold some of those BNB. But if I were building a portfolio right now, that wouldn't be my best thing. Also, for me, when an exchange is at the top of its game, I think that it's very hard to maintain the number one position forever. And then what you're kind of saying is that you could possibly go down. So for me, I removed BNB. Um, I, I keep, I'm keeping Sol, very, very bullish about the fundamentals of Solana. I'm adding Nier. And then it's a case of Aptos and Sui. So it's a case of saying, look, you've got to make a decision as to which one you like. Do you like Aptos or do you like Sui? But I think you need to get some exposure into the move language. I wouldn't touch Aptos right now. And the reason why I wouldn't touch Aptos right now is because it's pumped 258%. I don't believe that they have a, a hell of a community. I haven't heard... I haven't used Aptos before. I haven't seen anyone using Aptos before. Um, I haven't seen the Aptos community. Um, also, one of the reasons why Aptos is pumping is because look at the circulating supply of Aptos. Look how there's so few tokens in circulation, but look what happens in about at the end of this year. Look how many more tokens come into circulation. So right now, there's a very limited amount in circulation. And so it's easy to pump this narrative. And that's why for me, not buying it. I do believe in the move language. I do think that Aptos or Sui will succeed. Am I willing to pay more for Aptos than I'm willing to pay for Solana? Because that's what we're saying right now. If you look at the fully diluted valuation of Solana, so let's look at Solana. So we'll go to CoinGecko. You can do this in your own time at home. Um, yeah, so the fully diluted valuation of Solana is 13.12 billion. And we know how big the Solana ecosystem is and how many devs there are. And if you look at the, the Aptos fully diluted valuation, it's the same. So 13 billion. Now you've got to ask yourself a question. You've got to ask yourself a question. Having seen what's built on Solana, having seen the developer community, having seen how far Solana have come, and comparing it to where Aptos is, 
do you believe that the two warrant the same valuation? My answer is no. And that's why I can't put my hand on my heart and actually be buying Aptos. 2.5% of my allocation is going into Arweave. I'm not investing in Cardano. Um, the reason why I'm not investing in Cardano is because I, th I think it's taking them too long. And I think that I love the tech, but I think it's taking them too long. And for me right now, I think that there's better places to be. The other one is Phantom. So I have put two, two, two and a half percent of my portfolio into Phantom. Now, again, you can decide which layer ones you want to be in. This is my bet for layer ones. Um, if you want to spread it slightly thinner, you can go like 1.25 into Cardano, 1.25 into Phantom, or you can even add in BNB. So you can do that. XRP, I'm not buying. Why? There's no developers working on it. It's a, it's, it's, it's centralized. Nobody's actually using it. They're better. For me, they're much better investments. Cool. So that is where, how I allocate my layer ones. And you can see that, you know, my, my target was to, to allocate 30% of my portfolio. I did allocate 30% of my portfolio. Um, this one still needs to be invested, the SUI one. Um, and at any one point in time, I'm, I can move stuff around. Someone says Moonbeam or Moonriver. No, because I haven't seen any traction on Moonbeam or on Moonriver. And now I'm going to, to, to I'm investing in things that actually will actually um, have uh, uh, um, traction. Cool. So that's the first narrative. So you can see I've allocated 30%. The next big narrative for me is ETH Lotus. Clinton, happy birthday, brother. Um, you, don't have to, you don't have to tip us for your birthday. Um, the next big narrative for me is ETH Lotus. So I think that Ethereum is becoming this main chain this base chain, but I think that most of the transactions are going to happen on side chains. And I think you need to be invested in the side chains. The question is, which of the side chains do you actually invest in? You can invest in optimism. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of optimistic rollups for one. Two, when I look at optimism and I look at their unlock schedule, this is very, very, very aggressive. The unlock schedule today is Super aggressive. They, they are, the unlock is so many tokens coming out that if you buy now, you will probably drown in the tokens. And I'm not the only one that's seen that. Um, we, I showed you earlier that that the reason why optimism transactions went up was because of a free airdrop. And now you can see that that Arbitrum is actually done done even better. So in terms of transactions, so I'm not investing in optimism. Two point five percent of my portfolio is sitting in Matic. And then 7.5% of my portfolio is sitting undeployed. So I'm waiting. I'm keeping 7.5% of my portfolio for ETH Layer 2s. And there will be a lot of ETH Layer 2s. You can see you've got StarkNet, Arbitrum, ZK Sync, Scroll. You've got a whole lot of Layer 2s that are going to come out, and they will have tokens. And for me, I wouldn't have dry powder when those happen. So it's up to you. You can invest some into, into Optimism, and there's a whole lot of other um, Layer 1s. I want to just show you quickly uh, a chart of some of the layer ones. Uh, I think you can see it over here. Hold on a second. Let me try to find it for you guys. Okay, so I will show you a chart of, of, of the... Uh, see, that's the problem. Oh my God, I have so much Moon River that I can't sell. Sell it and get into something that you actually believe in. That, that's my, my advice to you. All right, let's move on. So from there, so I I'm, I'm going to allocate 10% of my capital to ETH layer twos. Right now, only 2.5% is allocated. So you can see the unallocated percentage is 7.5%, which means I've got 7.5% that I can deploy, and I'm going to only deploy it into opportunities in this narrative. So if optimism comes down a lot and the transactions go up, great, I'll do that. Cool. The next narrative, which is, so let's go back and you can see. So I've deployed that. I've deployed that. I've deployed that. The next one is my the cross-chain, multi-chain world. So let's look at the cross-chain, multi-chain world. Now, here, you've got to differentiate between cross-chain transactions and multi-chain world. So cross-chain is things like uh, Rune and Stargate, which allow people to migrate from one chain to the other. Radiant, which is a DeFi protocol, which allows you to, to put, um, to, to deposit money on Matic and take a loan, for example, on Avalanche, which allows you to borrow cross-chain, multi-chain. Atom. Now, I haven't, I haven't bought Atom before. I have been looking for an entry into the Cosmos ecosystem. I can't find the correct entry. And so I may go into Atom and I may also allocate 1% of my money into Osmo, or I may just do 1%. I think I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable that I do want to put some money into Canto. So we'll come back and I do want to put some money into Canto. 
So um, that's, that's another one. All right, the next narrative is trading. Now we know that trading is one of the strongest narratives in crypto. So we want to have a lot of money in, in trading. I put 15% of my portfolio into trading. These are the tokens that I've gone to. So I've gone with DYDX, but don't buy your DYDX just yet. And I'll show you why. In fact, let me show you why now. There is a massive token unlock, which happens on DYDX on the 2nd of Feb. And that token unlock, as you can see, continues right through February, well, right through until about here, until the 7th of July, which means that a whole lot more tokens are going to hit the market on DYDX. So as much as we're bullish on DYDX, and we are because when you look at derivatives, which, are, which is very highly traded, the yellow is DYDX and the blue is GMX. So even with all the hype around GMX, you're looking at the yellow, which is, which is DYDX, which is clearly much better. And in terms of a tech point of view, for those of you who are looking at the tech, you know that DYDX is a buyer and seller market and, and GMX relies on oracles. So an oracle market is very unscalable, whereas if it's just buyers versus sellers, it's a very scalable market. So for me, DYDX, two and a half, but don't buy it yet. Wait until Feb. I'm big on to Curve because I think trading of stable coins is going to be huge and Curve does that. Dopex because I believe in options. GNS and GMX because I believe in perps and I think those are two good entry points. And then Uniswap. So those are the bets that I've taken. You can see I've taken really good Solid bets. You can take what you want. I've put 2.5% of my portfolio into each one. So my, my risk is pretty managed. All right. So that brings us down to here. And at this point, you would have deployed about 70% of your portfolio. And you've got about 7% ready to press the trigger and actually get into the market. Then we get into DeFi. And we know DeFi took a big knock last year. And all the rats and mice were shaken out. But we do know that there's some narratives that are actually working. So like I'm putting 2% of my portfolio into Lido. I'm putting 2% of my portfolio into Frax. I'm putting 1% of my portfolio into Conic. I'm putting 1% into Kujira. I may actually even put like 1% here into Kanto. So, I mean, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. So that's that. Then gaming and metaverse. Now, I think gaming and metaverse are going to be huge. I think though that you've got to be careful that you don't invest in specific games. You've got to invest in studios. You've got to hedge your bets. Um, I'm putting 10% of my portfolio, or actually 11% of my portfolio, into gaming and metaverse tokens. I'm not 100% sure about my split, but it looks something like this. I'm not investing in, in, in Decentraland. I'm not investing in, in Steppen. I think those have had their day. Render, I'm buying. Monkey Ball, I'm buying, but not because of the token. I'm buying it because if you stake your token, you get, you get tokens in the studio. And I want, I want tokens in the studio. I'm out of Splinterlands because I don't want to be in, 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 one, in one game. But things like Vulcan Forged, Ultra, 1%, 1%, out of sandbox. It's a terrible metaverse experience. I'm in eight, but a very small part of my portfolio. You'll notice that with gaming and metaverse, I've taken a lot of small bets, and I'm hoping that these small bets will become big parts of my portfolio. Luxray and X2Y2, JPEG, Superfarm, and then Gala Games. I think you need to have something in Gala Games. They've exploded this year, but you need to get to have something in Gala Games. Then we move on to AI. You got to decide what you want here. I think I'm going to change this and go 1% into, into the graph. 1% into, oof, you see, I'm a little bit over on my thing here. I think you got to decide. I think if I were to kill one of these, I would kill Viat and I'd keep some in Ali, some in Fetch. Ali uses NFTs and AI and trains NFTs with AI. So NFTs can become AI trained, which is crazy. Fetch is one of the good ones. You can invest in Ocean Protocol, which is a data pro protocol, um, or you can invest in Singularity Net, but this is kind of like what I would do. And then the last one, the last narrative here for me is payments. I'm not going big into payments, but you do need to have exposure into payments. And if you're going to have exposure into payments, then you should be looking, well, you can uh, go Dogecoin and you can go XRP. So you can decide, I'm going into Dogecoin just because I think that the richest man in the world, plus an outlet called Twitter, plus meme culture, plus TikTokers, plus, plus, plus. For me, that says you got to have exposure to it. So look, I'm going to publish the spreadsheet for you guys. I'll drop it on my Twitter at CryptoManRun. I'll drop it after the show. We'll also leave a, a link below the show if you come after the show. Uh, we will drop the, the, the spreadsheet so that you guys can do it. The idea is not to copy me token for token, but to build your own spreadsheet, starting off with the narratives that you believe in, 
then the weighting of the narratives and then actually listing the tokens inside the narratives. That's the approach that you guys should take. People are saying that the market's pumping. Not surprised. I cut, uh, by the way, I cut my AVAC short. I took a seven or $8,000 knock and it happened on Friday night. And the reason is when I saw Bitcoin breaking out, I thought to myself, okay, you got to get out. You got to get out. You got to get out. Um, and so I got out of my AVAC short um, and I, yeah, I got out of the AVAC short. Let's look at what's happening on the markets. Why is everyone so excited? Okay, we're at the same place that we started. Everyone calm down. Take his annex. We, just, we started the show at 22,700. We're still at 22,700. Nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. All right, let's look at some other news today. There is other news today. Um, if you are on Binance, you may have got the, the email that said that SWIFT payments for less than $100,000 have been banned by SWIFT. So I think that this, what this has got to do with is Binance are using a certain bank and that bank has now banned SWIFT USD transfers for under $100,000. And I guess what they're saying is, look, we don't want to be, we can't be dealing with these $1,000, $1,000, $1,000, $1,000 transactions. We want to be dealing with bigger transactions. And so Binance is saying, look, we're looking for a solution. There's a banking partner that services your account as advised. They're no longer able to process SWIFT fiat USD transactions. I mean, if you think about it, if you were SWIFT, you wouldn't want Bitcoin and crypto to take over. So I wonder if this is coming from SWIFT or whether this is coming from a specific bank. That's the important part. Um, yeah, that's that's that. If you do get that, don't get a fright. It's it's all okay. Um, the GBTC trade. What we found out in this GBTC trade is that Genesis sold $31 million, $300 million of GBTC to repay um, uh, to repay some of their liabilities. Now, what that did, if you look here, this is when, when they sold. You can see that dip over there was when they sold. You see that little dip over there? Now, I think we're going to get another dip of this daily premium or the discount of premium because they, they, they do have a whole lot more shares and they're going to sell them to try and uh, cover their loans. So, yeah, that's it. Um, I think, is that it for today other than the, the Rolex? All right, let's have a look here. All right. Do we have 2,000 likes, Sir Josh? 1,700 likes. Um, if we, I mean, maybe in the next two minutes, we can get 300 likes. If not, then we do the Rolex giveaway another time. It is not this Rolex that you can win by just signing up with a Bybit account or this Rolex that you can win signing up with a BitGet account. It's, it's the same as this one. So one of these, it's a Rolex Submariner Blackface. If you want a Rolex Submariner Blackface, smash the like button. Um, how it works is I have a spreadsheet over here of all the people that have traded in the last 30 days. Even if you traded $1, see the volume has got to just be bigger than $1. And then I'm going to choose a random account. And then that account has five hours to email giveawayscryptobanter.com and prove that they are the owner of the account. And if they do, obviously we're going to run our verification. We send you a Rolex. So the question is, do we have 2,000 likes? Yes or no? Let's quickly look. Let's look at the likes. Let's decide. And, I mean, my heart's pounding. I can't actually believe it. We could actually be doing this. We, we could be doing this. We, we, we got 1,800 likes. What a pity. What a pity. I'm going to give it one more minute. And maybe in the next 60 seconds, we're going to get 200 more likes. And then we're going to do the draw. Let's have a look here. Let's, let's go. Let's just have a look here. Um, I'm going to do, I'm going to set a clock on my, what, on my, okay. I'm going to set a clock, a stopwatch. When this gets to one minute, when this gets to one minute, if we have 2000 likes, I make the draw. If not, we do it another time. 50 seconds to go. Forty seconds to go. Thirty seconds to go. Ah, oh, we have two thousand likes. We have, ladies and gentlemen, we have two thousand likes. As you can see, we have two thousand likes. It's time. It's time. It's time to do a Rolex, the first Rolex giveaway. Remember what you're winning, if you win this, is a watch 
similar to this one. It's not this exact watch because this is the BitGet watch. You have five hours to prove to us that you have that you that you, that you are the right uh, um, holder. We're still going to give away the other two Rolexes. What you have to do to win those Rolexes is you have to go to you have to open a Bybit account or a BitGet account using any crypto banter link. If you don't have one, just use the link below. Make a trade. Every time you make a trade, it's one entry. The person, uh, and then we, we're going to draw, we will draw a winner based on trades. When you are drawn, you have five hours to redeem your prize. If not, if you don't redeem the prize, five hours from when we draw the winner, that prize goes back into the pool. Ready? Three, two, one. Let's do this. So to make it fair, I'm going to use a random number generator that is going to go between one and 6,436. How's that? So uh, random number picker between one and 6,000. What is the number, James? 6,436. 6,436. It's not too late to win. Let's generate the number. The number is 2,173. So 2,173. Listen carefully. If this is your account number, and you can prove it, this is your account number because we are going to verify it with Bybit. 2,173. And you get you confirm this with us within the next five hours. And your account number is 268-75050050. Oh my God, you've just won yourself a Rolex. Valued at, I think, $10,000, $20,000. So you have account number 268-75050. Giveaways at CryptoBanter.com. You've got to be able to prove your identity in the next five hours. And you get yourself a Rolex. And we will send it to you wherever you are in the world. Wow. Can't believe I've just done that. Holy shit. I will see you guys again tomorrow. Until then, trade well, my friends. Okay, listen, listen, just before I go, just remember we are on DCA uh, with uh, CTO Larson and James from Invest Answers. So um, catch us in about, we're starting in about, I think it's about an hour. So catch us on DCA on uh, CTO Larson's, Larson's channel. We'll post the link below for the guys who want to go there. See you again. Until then, trade well, guys. <laughs>